Father, we thank you for hearing these prayers, and we pray these with faith, expectation, and thanksgiving for what you're going to do in every one of these situations. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated, if you would. I do want to just clarify one thing that Karen said about the book I recommend called Gospel of the Kingdom. You can get it on Amazon. Very cheap. It's a little teeny book, but I'm telling you, it, it's not the most impactful book I've ever read. That's, you know, the Bible. But it is, if I can only read, if I could tell Christians, only, if, you know, a list of 10 books you should read as a Christian, it would be on that list. Let's put it that way. You will understand, you'll, it'll be like the light has been turned on for you understanding the four Gospels. Understanding what Jesus preached. He preached something he called the gospel of the kingdom. It'll help you understand what he talks about when he talks about the parables of the kingdom of God. All this will make sense to you like never before. So I really urge you to to go and do that. It is deep waters. I mean, you are going to have to think through, do some study to get it all. It's, uh, It's But it's worth it. So I hope you'll do that. Also, before we start, I want to say one more thing. I, I believe the Lord, as I prayed about this time, laid on my heart that he's going to give several people prophetic words tonight and tomorrow. And the one I got, I'm going to give you one because there's several people in here that have the same word for them. A lot of times we've heard about this picture of the fact that we have this treasure, the gospel, in these cracked pots, these you know, these vessels, these earthenware vessels. And our, the picture is that, that we're cracked pots and the glory of Christ can shine out the more, you know, in our brokenness. But that's not the picture the Lord gave me. He gave me a different picture. The picture was this. It was a cracked pot. I want you to picture a pot that's full of soil. It's got some flowers in it, but it can't get much sun. But once it's cracked open, it opens up and the soil kind of spreads out. And all these flowers, the sun can now get to it and all this growth is happening. Why don't you see that picture? Because there's several of you in this room that that's how you feel. You feel like you have been cracked open, but God is doing a good thing in the midst of it. I mean, the light is shining in your life right now, and there's growth taking place, and it's a good thing, but you feel the brokenness. And if that's you, the Lord has a word for you. I just want you to stand where you're at. You don't have to come up front. Just stand. If that's you, I just described you. Stand and stay standing for a moment. Because there's several of you. I know there are. Okay, there's about 35 people standing right now. Maybe 40. The Lord wants you to know that this is not how your life's going to always be from now on. You are going through a season. You will come out the other side of this. And you will be better for it. God is doing a good work in, in you right now. And, and avoid, avoid the, the, this uh, self-talk and self-pity of, you know, woe is me. Realize, no, you're not where you are because, you know, of just coincidence or you stumbled into it. But God has sovereignly put you there to bring about good in your life and bring about growth in your life. So receive that right now, that you are where you are right now because God has orchestrated it. God orchestrated it. You're thinking about, yeah, but I did that and I did that. Yeah, but God was bigger than all that. And God is going to now take this and he's going to cause growth and life to just break out and you're going to be better for it and God's going to do a great thing in the lives of other people around you because of it. Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead and be seated. 
Father, we do, we do thank you for this time to look at your word, and we ask you, Lord, that you would just breathe a refreshing breath over our prayer lives, all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to focus on one verse tonight, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it, with an attitude of thanksgiving. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I mean, one thing that is obvious from this verse is that it's God's will for us to pray to him. I mean, God wants us to pray. He commands it. And I want to take this one simple verse and focus it on it this evening And I want us to first ask the question. He says, we are to to devote ourselves to prayer. Why? Well, first, let's talk a little bit about what prayer is. What prayer is. In fact, I bet if I gave everyone a blank piece of paper and said, write out a definition of prayer, I bet we would get a lot of different definitions in this room. But I want to give you one that you might think is too simplistic, but give me time to develop it. Prayer is asking God for things. By things, I don't mean stuff. I mean, generally, whatever your heart desires or needs. And of course, what our hearts need most of all is God. To know Him, to trust Him, to love Him, to obey Him. And I know that we should come to God with more than just asking I understand that. We should come confessing sin, giving thanks and praise like we've been doing tonight. In a broad sense, prayer does include all those things. But simply speaking, prayer is requesting. It is asking. That's why Colossians 4.2 says what it says, devote yourselves to prayer with an attitude of thanksgiving. We're praying with an attitude of thanksgiving because we are acknowledging that God is generous in giving to us what we ask for. Or actually, even beyond that, he's, if he doesn't do it that way, he is generous in giving us even better than we ask for. So I want us to use this simple definition for prayer tonight, if you would just work with me on this. Asking God for things. You know, there's a story about D.L. Moody when he made a visit to Scotland back in the 1800s, and he opened a talk that he did at a grade school in Scotland with a rhetorical question. His question was simply this. He said, what is prayer? And to his amazement, hundreds of children shot their hands up in the air to answer his question. So he decided to call on this little lad here in the front row who promptly stood up and answered his question very precisely. The little boy said, prayer is offering up our desires unto God in the name of Christ by the help of his spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. What that little boy did is he gave the answer to question number 98 in the Westminster Catechism. (laughs) To which Moody responded, Be thankful, son, that you were born in Scotland. 
But I want you to notice the main thing in this definition, which, by, by the way, is an excellent definition. Prayer is primarily offering up our desires unto God. That is the main meaning of prayer. So the uh, essence of prayer is this expression of our dependence on God <clears throat> through request. I want you to think about this for a moment. So God's will is that we, his creatures, ask him for things. And it's not just his will that we do this. It is his delight that we do this. He loves to be asked for things. Proverbs 15.8 says the prayer of the upright is his delight. Think about that. It's his delight. He's so eager to hear our prayers and respond to them. Now here's what it says in Isaiah 65 verse 24. God says this to the prophet. It will also come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. I mean, he is excited about this. In fact, he takes special steps to see to it. God himself takes special steps to see to it that he is constantly badgered by request. I say that reverently. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7 says, On your walls, O Jerusalem, here's what God is saying, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So God loves being asked for things so much that he appoints people, appoints them to give him no rest. He appoints people to remind him like he needs reminding. He appoints people to never keep silent with their request. So I want you just to think about that and meditate on that truth. Think about this. The, the, the creator of the universe who holds our life in his hands, he rules the galaxies, this God delights to be asked things, asked for things. Now, I want you to think the next step now. Now, why? Why does he delight to be asked for things? Why does God not only will that we ask for things, but he delights in it, and he even loves it like incense, an incense aroma coming up before him? He loves it, and then he takes steps himself to make sure it happens. I mean, what's behind his delight in us asking him for things? Well, you might answer that question and say, well, because God is love and it's his very nature to be a giver. And if you answer that way, you would be absolutely right. In fact, here's what it says in Romans 11, verse 35 and 36. Who has given a gift to him, to God, that he should be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be, listen to this, to him be glory forever. Amen. So God is always the giver. Always. In fact, here's what it says in Acts 17, verse 25. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Anything. 
since he himself gives to all life and breath and all things. So God is always the giver. That is what he loves to be and loves to do. But that last phrase in Romans eleven thirty six says, and to him be glory forever. So I want you to make the connection here. The result of his generous giving is that he gets glory. Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you and you will honor me. See the connection? God answers our calls for help. So we get the rescue from him and he gets the glory from us. He gets the honor from us. I will rescue you, God says, and you will honor me. Also notice this, John 14, verse 13. Jesus says this, whatever you ask in my name, see, we're asking for things. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, Jesus says. So that, why, why, why? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So ask for things in my name, Jesus says, why? So God the Father be glorified. So God wills that you and I pray. He wills that we just ask for things. And not just does he will it, he delights in it that we do this. He wants us to do it so much that he takes steps to make sure it happens. Because he enjoys it so much. And the result of that is that we then give him glory. And give him honor as a result of what he does. And John Piper rightly points out that the means that this, this, this basically means that prayer is about, he says, as central to the meaning of the created universe as you can get. God created us according to Isaiah 47, 3, for his glory. Now, while we see now that he created the universe so that all of people who now have been created in his image can then ask him for things and then he gets the glory for giving those things. And that asking is called prayer. Anyway, Piper goes on to say basically this. So therefore, prayer is not some small thing. It's not some marginal thing. It's not some incidental thing that a Christian may or may not get around to doing if they're so inclined. But prayer is at the heart of why God created the universe. I mean, you may have the notion that the universe is about not bigger things than that. The universe is about, you know, galaxies and supernovas and expanding universe and all this. But really, in reality, the center of the created universe is man created in the image of God. And the meaning of man and woman created in God's image is what for? It's to display God's glory. That is the meaning of the whole thing. And the way God delights to display his glory in mankind is by mankind, men and women, boys and girls, being dependent upon him through prayer and then giving him glory. When he answers it. So I just want you to say, I, want, I, want, I believe God wants to just breathe a refreshment, refreshment in all our prayer lives and how much he delights in this and what the whole purpose of it is. Ultimately, it brings him glory.
So let's go back to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. So it shouldn't come to a, as a surprise to us now. If prayer is so great to the central, uh, central to God's whole purpose for the universe and for your life and my life, it's not surprising that God would then say, devote yourself to this. Devote yourselves to prayer. In fact, this word, devoted, devote yourself to prayer, this word here, or persevere in prayer, or continue in prayer, is occurs six times in the New Testament. In relation to prayer, I want to show you where it occurs. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all with one mind, remember, they're in the upper room, were continually, what? Devoting themselves to prayer. What were they doing in the upper room? They were asking. Acts 2.42, the early church were, were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Acts 6.4, the apostles said they would devote themselves, what to what? To prayer and the ministry of the word. Romans 12.12, rejoice in hope, persevere in tribulation, and be devoted to prayer. Ephesians 6.18, pray at all times in the spirit with all perseverance. Stay at it. So what does this mean? means that we are to pray often and regularly, not infrequently. Prayer is not supposed to be hit or miss in our lives. We're supposed to be devoted to prayer. It's not to be haphazard. We're not to be forgetful about it. It means that I'm going to take steps. I'm going to be devoted to it. I'm going to make sure I do it. I'm going to make sure it's a big part of my life. I'm going to make sure I have it in my life. I'm going to make sure I got a plan to do it. I mean, just like I am devoted to eating and sleeping, I'm going to be devoted to prayer. In order for us to do that, it's going to take some discipline, obviously. That's why the verse goes on, Colossians 4, 2, to say, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it. Keeping alert in it. In other words, you're going to have to work against distractions if you're going to be devoted in prayer. You're going to have to work against hindrances if you're going to be devoted to prayer. You're going to have to make sure you stay awake. Stay at it. If you're going to be devoted to prayer. When I first was taught to pray as a college student, and I thank God for the people that intersected my life early on and taught me the importance of having a prayer life. And I was committed to it. I was, uh, and so I started off getting up to pray for an hour in the morning before I went to class. And I, kept, and I didn't want to fall asleep, so I would do different things. I would, I would stand in the middle of the room. Because I figured if I started falling asleep, I would wake up when I hit the ground. <laughs> or I would walk. I'd even kneel down and put my forehead on the ground, you know, on the concrete floor of the, you know, the dormitory. You say, I want to stay alert at this. I want to be alert in this. I want to be devoted to it. That means I've got to be alert in it. Because it matters. Why? Because it is central to everything God is trying to do that brings him glory. And going to prayer meetings, you know, Tracy and I, we don't sit up front in meetings because we think we're important. We, we want to be alert in the prayer meeting. We want to be focused. I don't know how anyone sits way back in the back on Sunday morning with so much going on. I think this is like, how do you, how do you pay attention back here? I mean, I got to get up here where I can focus and be alert in it. So we need to be alert in it. That means we got to make sure to do certain things. And I want to unpack that a little bit. First of all, if I'm going to be devoted to prayer and be an alert in it, then I need to answer the, qu the when question. When will I pray? 
when are you going to pray? Now, you might say, well, I don't want to compartmentalize my life with one part of my one compartment be my devotional life. And, and I want to have, you know, just prayer saturating my whole life. And I'd say amen to that. But you'd be a very unusual person to have prayer saturating the rest of your life if you don't spend lingering times with God where you can go deeper. If you don't spend lingering times with God to go deeper, because you cannot go deep with God on the run. You can't. And so we have to have times where we're going to say, when am I going to just linger in the presence of God and really, you know, take time to talk to him and listen to him and go deep with him where he can deal with issues of my heart? When am I going to do that? You can't, I don't think I can deal with deep issues of my heart when I'm driving on the interstate. I mean, I can talk to God, but there's some things I just need. I can't have anything else going on if I'm going to go deeper with God. And so I just urge you to have times where you just say, this is when I do that. This is when I'm going to do that. Have some times where you can be devoted daily with some solitude in prayer and go deep with God. Where God can deal with weighty things in your heart and life. So you need to have an answer to the when question. If you're going to be devoted to prayer, be alert and you've got to answer the when question. When are you going to do it? And by the way, that is... The second biggest reason why most people don't pray, most Christians don't pray, is they just never schedule it. The first reason why they don't pray is because they don't believe it does anything. But the second reason is they just don't ever answer that question. When? When am I going to do this? And even today, if you leave tonight and don't answer that question, I'm, I'm going to feel like you got ripped off here. You, you answer that question by when am I going to do this? The second question, if we're going to be devoted to prayer and be alert in it, we need to answer the where question. Where are you going to do it? Where, do you, where can you go to have some interu- uninterrupted time with God? And I'd recommend that you have a place at home, and it's also you, the jihad would be your other place, a place where you can go. So where are you going to go? How many of you guys saw the movie War Room? Remember the clip where she goes in there and goes to war in her prayer closet? Do you remember that one? Let's watch it. done it again Lord you've done it again you are good and you are mighty and you are merciful and you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it praise you Jesus you are Lord give me another one Lord Guide me to who you want me to help. Raise up more that will call upon your name. 
Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord, that hate to be lukewarm and will stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes so that they can see your truth, Lord. I pray for your hand of protection and guidance. Raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into this world, that will not compromise when under pressure, that will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord, that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on their knees, who will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle, that we may proclaim you King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all my heart. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. That was like a three-minute prayer. She prayed a lot in three minutes, didn't she? But she had a, I think we all need a war room. We need a room we can go to and make sure and have times with God. And so have a place. So you need to answer the when question, answer the where question. And my third question, if we're going to be alert in it, be devoted to it, we need to answer the how long will you pray question. Now, I do believe we need to have some lingering time in the presence of God, but I don't think you can just put a time on it. But it needs to be an unrushed time. And you can even break it up. It doesn't have to be all at once. In fact, remember in the book of Daniel, that Daniel, you know, after the document was signed, that no one was supposed to bow down to anyone uh, but the king, then Daniel went right to his normal place of prayer where he prayed, what, three times a day, right? So he had three times where he would just stop his day and pray. In fact, Psalm 119, verse 164 says, seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. So you can have times where different little parts of your day where you just take a break. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have uh, the house of prayer right down the hallway from my office because there's some days I just need to go in there and there's no one in there. I just like to close the door and lay down on my face in there sometimes and I just need some time in the middle of the day to regroup. You might even set your alarm a few different times. Remind yourself when you're going to, you know, oh yeah, it's prayer time. Take some time in just in your schedule, but have a, a, a when you're going to do it, where are you going to do it? How long are you going to do it? But come up with some answers to the schedule. Now, fourthly, how will you pray? How will you pray? What will be your plan? Many of you have, have disciplined prayer lives already, and some of you are new at this. But I just want to, I want to just tell you uh, how I pray. And if it's helpful for you, great. If it isn't, you know, just forget about it. But here's, I want to tell you what I do. I basically take the Lord's Prayer which is a prayer guideline. And I pray it, part, each part of it in concentric circles. 
What I mean by that is, for example, if I'm, t- I'm taking your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom rule be done. First of all, concentric circle number one, me. Lord, I need you to rule my heart. I need you to rule my thought life, the meditations of my heart. I want your kingdom rule to come on me. And then I come out the circle a little bit more. Lord, I'm praying for my marriage to Tracy, and I'm praying for Tracy. Now the concentric circle includes us, and I'm praying for her. Then it goes out to the family. Start praying for the family. Your kingdom rule come on the whole family and all the children and where they are and what the situation is. And, and you, sometimes it might be one particular child you just all of a sudden focus on in that prayer as you're praying in that concentric circle. It varies at different times. And then all of a sudden the concentric circle comes out. Now I'm praying your kingdom come on... Lord, and on the leaders of Grace Community Church, on the elders and on the pastors. And then I'm in the concentric circle. Now I'm praying for the church. And I might have certain people come to mind in the church. Lord, let your rule come on, on, on Joe and on John and on Kathy. And, who, and I'm starting to think of certain people that, that God's bringing to mind. Let your kingdom rule come in their lives. And it's just another concentric circle. Then it goes out to the community. And then it goes out to the missionaries and other countries. But see, just those concentric circles with the Lord's Prayer, I can pray each line and just and let the Lord guide me in where, I've, where I kind of, kind of hunker down and pray during that particular line and that particular circle. And so I want to go ahead and I want us to walk through this together. I want us to pray this together. So I'm going to ask you to kind of go along with me. So this is, this is kind of, we have class, now we have lab, Okay. So I want you to go along with me. We're going to have a prayer time. And I want you to just kind of walk you through it. And, and you pray as the Lord leads you to pray what he puts on your heart as we go through each of these sections. And I will lead you through the concentric circle. So I want to ask you to stand during this time, if you can, and just really have focused time as we do this. Our Father, who art in heaven... Father God is the one who's close to us as the air we breathe, who's right here, right now, who's nearer to us than anything right now. You're just, you're right pressed up against us. You're even inside us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, we just want to just focus on praising and worshiping you. Father, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, right now, we just pray for each of us, each one of us, Lord. Just pray for yourself now. Let his kingdom rule to come in your life in greater measure now. Just pray that. You just whisper to him right now. Let your kingdom come, Lord, on each one of us. 
Have your way. Have your way. Every compartment of our life, let your kingdom come. No secret places that you are not king of anymore. We hold nothing back. Let your kingdom come. Let you rule over every part of us. Now let that circle go a little wider. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Perhaps in our families or close relatives or close friends. Let your kingdom come. And Lord, put people on our mind right now in that circle that you want us to ask specifically for. That your kingdom comes in their life. Just flash their face in front of us, Lord. kingdom come. Lord, we just want to keep bringing those concentric circles larger and larger. And Lord, we want to just go to the ends of the earth right now, that concentric circle with the unreached peoples. People have never heard the name of Jesus. Father, we're asking, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom come in these places. Lord, let them hear the gospel. Lord, empower missionaries. Lord, let them walk in signs and wonders. Let them walk in great authority of the word of God. And speak, Lord, with boldness, the truth. Open doors. Open doors in the countries that are closed. Even tonight, open the doors. Let it come, Lord. Come, Lord.
And even as we're singing that prayer right there, I just believe by the Spirit of God that God just called a few of you in this room to, to give your life to missions. See, that's the kind of thing that once you enter into just prayer, all of a sudden God will do all kinds of other things that you're not even expecting. By the way, those of you that, that know that's you, then after this meeting, I want to pray for you. But, but God wants to do all kinds of things once we start to connect with him and follow this, you know, his guidelines for connecting. Then he goes on, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you know everyone in this room that needs a job, Lord, that needs help in their finances, that needs a promotion, that needs favor with their boss, that needs your provision in one way or another. So, Lord, we're asking you now, give, Lord, us this daily bread right now, whatever the need is, Lord. Just ask him right now. If that's you, just ask him. If that's not you, ask for someone else who's in the room because there's several. Just ask him right now, Lord, give us what we need. ask you to forgive us our trespasses. Lord, even now bring to mind perhaps something we need to confess to you if we haven't yet. Search our hearts, O oh God. See if there be any hurtful way in us. Lead us in the everlasting way. Just show us anything we need to confess before you, Lord. We pray that you forgive us as we forgive those who trespassed against us. So, Lord, even now, Lord, show us anyone who has sinned against us and we're holding a grudge against them. We've got hate in our heart, even though we don't want to use that word hate. We just don't like them a whole lot. Lord, we just we want them to get theirs right tonight. We want to release them, Lord. We want to release them to you. You said, pray for those who persecute you, so we're praying for them. You said, bless those who curse you, so we pray blessing for them. Release them, and we pray blessing on them. So just release anyone tonight who's hurt you, and it's, it's gone deep. Just release them tonight. 
Lord, we pray you lead us not into temptation. Lord, you know you know where each one of us is weak. Lord, lead us away from situations that we're just not ready for, that we don't do well in. Lord, would you guide our path away from temptation? And Lord, we pray deliver us from evil. Lord, you know every demonic assignment against each one of us. Lord, you know every demonic assignment against every family member represented here. Lord, you know every demonic assignment. We're asking you, Lord, tonight, would you cancel them out? Lord, would you break the power of the enemy over us? Lord, would you cause there to be deliverance in Jesus' name? Do it, Lord. Tonight, Lord. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. Forever and ever. And everybody says, Amen. Amen.
Okay, y'all can be seated for just a moment. Now, you can't pray everything every time. You know, there's going to be differences each day when you use this guideline. There's going to be certain burdens of your heart where you're going to camp down in one part. It's going to, you might camp down in one phrase and in one concentric circle, and you're just going to go to war there for a while. But use the guidelines that Jesus gave us. There are no better guidelines than what Jesus gave us. Amen? Use these guidelines and just start with yourself because, I mean, if, you know, if you're not in good shape, you can't really help anybody else. So start praying for yourself and go out, concentric circles, and see how the Lord leads you. He'll lead you different every day. And I want to say one more word quickly about another way to pray. And that is to pray, just pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. I mean, when you pray, you know, have a promise you're standing on. Have an open Bible. First uh, John 5, 14 and 15. Let me just go over this real quick. It says, and this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we've asked for him, from him. And so, you know, pray the scriptures. I want to give you an example. I'm going to probably uh, skip in light of time. But I pray through Psalm 23 a lot. I just take Psalm 23 and I just go through and I just pray it through. You know, another, another passage I'll pray is just the Beatitudes. Take the Beatitudes and just start praying through. And blessed are the poor in spirit, Lord. I, I, want, I need more poverty of spirit. And you might even do concentric circles there praying for other people and just go through the Beatitudes. And then you finally get to the final Beatitude. And I do want to camp down there for a second. And it talks about, and pray for those who persecute you. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs. Reward is great in heaven, right? And all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm praying for the persecuted church. I'm beginning to, to my, my prayers have launched out. I just started in the Beatitudes, and now all of a sudden, I'm praying for the persecuted church. That's what happens when you pray the scriptures. God will take you all over the place. But have the Bible open in front of you. In fact, I want to do that right now. I want to pray for the persecuted church. Can we do that? Can we stand again for that? I think we need to stand for our brothers and sisters right now who are suffering. Just lift your hands up. Father, we're praying for our brothers and sisters that are suffering right now. We're asking you, Lord, to strengthen them. We're asking you, Lord, to keep them, Lord, from any, any disloyalty at all to Christ. Help them be strong, Lord. Many of them, they're not asking to be delivered. They're asking that they stay true. Strengthen them, Lord. And those who you give more glory out of rescuing, Lord, and delivering, we ask you to open up the doors and set them free tonight. In Jesus' name, just like you opened the cell for Paul and Silas, even tonight, Lord, sets free many captives. In Jesus' mighty name, and strengthen all of them and get glory from this, Lord.
lift him up. Strengthen the Lord. Name I will remember. Name I will Those are just a couple examples of how to pray. And some of you are thinking, well, yeah, if I could get Karen Boring to be in my prayer closet, that'd be awesome, you know. And she can... But you can actually do this without Karen, too. But she's great, isn't she? Yeah. Let me say something else about prayer. Just a couple more points, so we're going to wrap it up. And that is, when you pray, don't be too self-conscious about trying to say something that sounds really clever to the other people in the room. I mean, just be released from all that. You know, some people pray and they kind of, first of all, it's like they're reviewing their theology. <laughs> then they scrape the Milky Way. And I'm like, just talk to God. You know, it kills me. And also do, don't do this either. Don't preach sideways in your prayer. You know what I'm saying? There's someone else in this room that needs to hear something, but I'm going to tell them through my prayer. Don't do that. Okay. When someone's doing that in a room, I just cringe. I'm like, oh, no. Preach sideways. Okay. Anyways, I had to get that off my chest. All right. But pray in groups. Pray in groups. Pray with your family. Pray in your small groups. Pray in the jihad with groups. Pray in groups. Let me say one last thing about Colossians 4.2, and that is, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now, why should all of our prayers have an attitude of thanksgiving? Let me tell you why. Because God always loves you. God is always good. God is always wise, and God is always in control. That means that you can smile while you pray. Doesn't it? If what I'm praying, and God is always loving, and always good, and always wise, and always in control, I can smile about it, because if he doesn't answer the way I'm hoping he will, it's only because he's going to answer better than how I'm asking it. Amen? Do you believe that? Okay, then we need to smile when we pray. Okay, so let's end now with a... With thanksgiving. How about that? So stand one more time. Let's close by giving God thanks, okay? <laughs>